This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello and welcome to High and Tight on Game Time CT. I'm Scott Erickson. You're joined as always by Pete Guaga. Pete, what's up, buddy? Nothing much, man. Uh, getting into crunch time. Um, I saw myself scoreboard watching on Game Changer last night yeah. before I submitted my ballot. Um, there were a couple of good games going on. Obviously, last week, some good games, some big Big matchups. Uh, we're seeing a lot of teams play, you know, more. I think Xavier played four games last week. Um, so we're kind of getting down to the end of it here, uh, trying to get those 20 games in before uh, the conference tournament start. Yeah, everybody except uh, the CCC and Berkshire finished this week, finished the regular season, uh, mostly on Wednesday. There may be a rain out here or there that has to get played on Thursday. But um, regular season's ending. The, you know, the state rankings are sort of, filling in the way they're going to look kind of again, those CCC and Berkshire teams will have a say in that and, and where the standings rank, especially in double L with Southington and Newington who play each other on Wednesday and both I think have three or four games left. Um, right now, Newington's the number one seed in, in double L uh, which would be interesting if, you know, when one of those FTX teams had to go up there and, and play a game. Um, yeah. With their, with their, all of their 98 power points. Is what it is. <laughs> look if they beat southington then they'll they'll probably get that number one seed if not it's going to be sort of wide open southington could even slide up there um you really just want to get one of those top four so you don't have to go anywhere but if you have to go somewhere you gotta, you, you gotta go somewhere uh but before we get to the state tournament which we'll talk about in the upcoming shows we got all the conference tournaments coming up starting uh this saturday with the fci continuing with the sec swc shoreline all that stuff um i know that you're not a huge fan of the conference tournaments uh i like them for some reasons and i don't like them for others obviously anytime you have non-counting games in your state record essentially exhibitions it gets a little dicey but for some teams it's very important to go and try to win your conference tournament because those are the teams you play every year and that's what's important yeah, I, I believe every conference has a tournament, but the Berkshire League and the CCC. I believe that's true. I believe yeah, that's true. Yeah. I know that there have been changes over the years. Team, uh, conferences have added, have not. If they don't let us know, we don't really know. Because like CCC just added a softball tournament a couple of years ago, but there still is not one for baseball. Yeah. Um, I like it for certain conferences. How about that? I love going to the <laughs> CCC finals every year at Palmer field. I like going to the shoreline championship. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you this, the sec championship, which I've been to, I think the last five years, like it's a fun one. It's a, it's a fun game. The FCAC final I've been to a couple of times. They only, if there's rain, cause one of them moves, cause yeah. usually they're played on the same night. Yeah, SEC, that's actually always the same. Yeah. So you you so and you I have to separate, split yeah. up, but we go to the SWCs together. Yeah. Um, 
But the last time you see you weren't there last year. I think because like weather, not, you were. I think I think you were at the Shoreline Palmer Field thing that yeah, night. Yeah, it was something like the NVL. Like I've been to the NVL. Like don't get me wrong, the championships are fun, but it gets kind of dicey with the pitching and the pitching rules that we have in place in this state are very important. And yeah. if you're a team playing in a conference tournament and during the conference tournaments, you know you kind of know where you're gonna be. I don't know if the seeding officially officially comes out. I think it does before the championships. But like a lot of these schools, I mean, I've been getting texts from coaches asking me, you know, you know, where, you know, a 10 win team normally falls or this, like they're already looking, they're looking at the rankings. They're looking at where they might end up and who they might end up against. And that is going to factor into those two to three potential games in a conference tournament where you're not going to throw your guy, you know, like if you know, I will say, say that Ward, Ward threw their guy last year. Oh and, yeah. And, and Staples, won both. Did, it in, and Staples, Staples did, it too. did it in 2019. There are the two teams in FCAC history in the last like 40 something years to win both the FCAC and the double L championship. Yeah. It's not easy, but no. I've also seen teams that don't do, if you're a lower seed team, like, let's say you're, you know, I think it was prep a couple of years ago, and they've won, like, three in a row SEC championships. You know, they're going to be a middle-of-the-road team in double L, despite getting to the SEC finals, right? This Again, this is a couple of years ago. This year's team, very good. They're not going to be a middle-of-the-road team. But, so they're going to go play a good team in the first round of the playoffs. They're not throwing their dude in the SEC finals. You know, Fairfield Ward was the number one team in double L last year. They were getting a 32 seed. So, and they also had three really good pitchers. So there's not a lot of teams that can do that so like sometimes you get to the finals of the conference championships and you're not you're not seeing the best team on the field that is sometimes true i mean absolutely and you only have so many pitchers now i will say in staples case and ward's case they have multiple really good pitchers i mean staples just set a school record with their ninth shutout of the season they have multiple dudes that can go out there and pitch so Maybe not as big of a concern for a school like that, but for other schools, absolutely. Like, does Trumbull throw Frank Court at FCI Championship if they know they might have a tough first-round matchup in double L or even a second-round matchup? Because a lot of times the second-round games come right after those first-round games. What like if you're St. Joe's? Later. What if you're St. Joe's? You know, Tap yeah. has been their guy this year. He is – I believe he beat Ward. Um, I don't know if he pitched a game where they beat Staples. That was a 9-8 game, but – if you're St. Joe's, like, you want to make sure he's going to be ready because, yeah, you're going to be a higher seeded M, but you're not going to be a top seeded M because you're playing in the FCAC and you already got five losses, right? So, like, you're not going to be a one, two, three, or four, right? So, you might be looking at a good team there in the first round. Do you want to have your guy ready to go, you know? Yeah. But, again, the the seedings could come out, and I'm not 100% sure of the date where they do come out, where it lines up the conference tournaments. It should but, be next Friday or Thursday or Friday that, that yeah. the state seedings come out. Most of the conference tournaments are done at that point, but some still may be lingering into Friday, yeah. Saturday. It's just it's just an interesting thing. Again, I enjoy going to them. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, I'm not going to not go to the SEC finals or the <laughs> FCI finals. Or, you know, when, when I can go, I'm going to go because they're fun and they're great but I've been at some championship games before where it's quick, you know, you know, pitcher walks a guy, throws too many pitches. He's out. 
Yeah. And then you're getting to, I think it was Cheshire Amity. I went in 20, might have been 2019. Cheshire I was Amity. there at Notre Dame West Haven. It was at West Haven. At West Haven. Yeah, it's at always Haven. at West Haven. But it was moved because of rain. It was a day game. But and yes, the, the, the it was like they, the third and fourth pitchers going. Yeah. Fifth and sixth pitchers by the end of it. I mean, it was <laughs> such a it was such a poorly played game that you're like, here's the FCI champion. Go check check Ch- Ch- Cheshire won on a throwing era. And you're like, all right, congratulations, Cheshire. Like, you know, none of the yeah, that was the only pitchers. that was the only SEC one I was able to go to. And it was yeah. a, a rain, little disappointing. Baby. Yeah, yeah, rain, rain, baby. You know, it just gets <laughs> weird with that. And we've seen I mean, go back to 2015 when Wilton won the FCAC tournament. JT Morin pitched all three games because of rain and the way that it lined up. And the pitching rules, I think, were a little different then than they are now. There were no pitching rules. There were no. There was no pitch limit. I thought there was. But either way, he ends up pitching. 210 pitches in the championship, yeah. I mean. Yeah, he, he ends up throwing all three games and doesn't isn't a go for the playoffs. And I think Wilton got knocked out in the first or second round. Like, for me... I've always been this because I, again, I'm not from Connecticut. I didn't play in the FCAC or the SCC, the SWC. I want state championships. I don't, you know, I would want to win a state championship. You know, I went to Staples. You look, I say it every year. They have the state championships right out front for you to see. You know, Ward put up some banners uh, this past year. Those state title ones are right there in front, you know, um, those are the important ones. You know, you go to North Haven, they have them up on the back of the screen. Amity has them up. Like, that's what it's for. You know, you play the educational experience, but you play to win state championships. Conference championship is a nice feather in your cap, but I would trade losing in the first round of my conference championship for a state championship every single day. And it's not even close. It is not even close. I understand. And but I will also say that winning the state championship was very difficult, very yeah. random at times too. Like not always the best team that wins. Uh, and there is something to be said for winning your conference and beating those teams that you play all year, the kids, you know, really well. Um, and when you can make, a run as a lower seed in the conference tournament, you know, if Ridgefield or someone like that makes a run in the FCAC, that's awesome for those schools that probably won't make runs in the state tournament. You never know, but probably won't. So I I like them for that reason. I like the tradition of them. Uh, I totally understand what you're saying. And I also, I hate that they don't count, right? Like, well, the only things that they count, it counts in our poll. That's That's it. That's the only thing it counts in (laughs) is in our poll where um we calculate the wins and losses with that but it doesn't it doesn't count towards state rankings so yeah. if you're setting it up if you're setting up you know your pitching rotation like for games that are just glorified scrimmages in a way in terms of counting of the record but I'll tell you this I I just pulled it up last year I did I did some number crunching since the FCAC tournament started in 1969. This says four, but it's now been updated to five. Five teams have won the conference and the state titles. Yeah. yeah. Five. In the SEC, the tournament started in 1995. Five teams have done it. I think Amity. Uh, mostly Amity. Four times. <laughs> I think Amity is four of the five. The SWC tournament, which started in 1996, one team has won a conference championship and a state championship in the same year. And the NVL which tournament, which started in 2006, Two teams have done it. That might be no St. Paul didn't win the NVL championship last year, so it's still two. Right. 
Yeah, I understand. I, I completely understand what you're saying. And, and like you said, some of those teams may not have been fully committed to winning the conference, knowing that they had a good shot to win a states, right? So then maybe Matt Scott doesn't throw in the SWC playoffs and they save him for the state because that was their goal yeah. and that's what they wanted to win. And they did. Yeah. And for some teams, when you're in class M or class S and your conference is really tough, St. Joe's, Barlow, schools like that, you can say, look, my our better shot is in states. Yeah. That, than trying to run through our league here. So well, let, let's save say, our pitchers. Let's get everyone lined up. Let's get everyone healthy and let's go into states. I will say this. I think for some of the lower the non double L's and L's in our poll, I think winning those conference like if St. Joe's goes out and wins the FCAC tournament and then goes out and wins M, I'm gonna give them a lot of love in the poll. Yeah. I know back in when did they win their last title? Was it 2019 2018? St. 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 Joe's. Uh state, I think it was 18 night. Uh, 18. I think they I, all run together, but I think so, yeah. Yeah. And they didn't make the FCX that year. They lost in the first round. I didn't vote them high because I was like, well, they played a harder regular season than they did to win a state title. So I'm not gonna bump them up for winning a state title when they have played bigger and better teams during the regular season and they did not do as well. So I think for those teams, Woodland. St. Joe's, you know, if they want to get some love in the poll, more love, you win that conference championship, then you go out and win a state championship. You're going to get a lot of people to give you support there. That year, you're 100% right. This year, I've been voting St. Joe's in my top oh, wow. 10. I mean, St. Joe's beat Staples. St. Joe's yeah. beat Ward this year. Yeah. They're a legit team. Oh, of um, course. At what any I'm level, is, they can they, win the FCAC. If and they the lose, fact that they're in class M. If they lose in the FCAC in the first round, and then go and beat a couple of NVL teams, a CTC school, and an NCCC team to win a state title, that's not the same. Yeah, fine. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not. I, I look, look, I'd love to see St. Joe play Woodland at the end, or Nanawag, or something like that, you know, or Rocky Hill. Um, but who knows? You never know what's yeah. going to happen I, there. It, I even think for Guilford, I think this is – the SCC tournament is going to be huge for Guilford – uh, they're 17 and three this year. I don't know where they'll fall in the in the SEC standings, uh, though the SEC does an amazing job with their website. The standings have not been updated. Since um, May 8th. I looked I looked this morning. Yeah. Yeah. So like I don't know where they officially fall in terms of the seeding for the SECs, but I think they're real I think they might be the number one seed. Like I was trying to figure it out, but I couldn't. But yeah. Cause I don't know which games count and they have the divisions and all that stuff, but yeah, I think Guilford's going to be up there. Confusing. But I will say, you know, you look at Guilford and, and they, they had a great year. And if you follow me on Twitter, you know, give Nick Marullo all the coaches awards. I mean, he's just done a phenomenal job and it was tough at the beginning there. Uh, they've been on fire, but I look at that schedule. Fairfield prep is missing. Uh, Amity is missing. And, you know, they played Notre Dame West Haven twice. They split with them. That's huge. But, I think for Guilford to go into the SECs, Hamden's not even on that. You know, if they go into the SECs and win a couple of games and beat some of those programs, oof, that's going to be great for them. It's going to be great. And then they're in Class L, too. So, obviously, there's some games they can win there. Notre Dame, West Haven's there. I feel they're really good schools. Um, it's going to be fun. I mean, I, I enjoy it either way. You know, like I said, if the games don't count or not, I still like the conference tournaments. Yeah. It gets you ready for the state tournament. It gets you that feel of one and done. It gets you a few dog piles. Uh, it gets you excited for the state tournament. And the state tournament is just, while I don't love the format, I do love the excitement of the state yes. tournament. Like, 
Um, I wish it was set up differently, but the way it is, it makes it very exciting uh, every game because you have one bad game and you're out and you're done and your season's over. Your high school career could be over. Yeah. All right. Let's go quickly. Let's go through who do we think is going to win the conference tournaments for the leagues that have conference tournaments. Are you ready? I will, I will, I will run through them for you. We'll go in alphabetical order. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So obviously the Berkshire league and the CCC do not have conference tournaments. I do not know if the C R A L does. So we're going to skip that. Let's go to CTC. We're going to go to CTC. Scott, who do you got? Man, I had Abbott tech all season and then, Wilcox kind of snuck up on me there, but I'm going to stick with Abbott. They've been winning that tournament. I think Abbott's going to win it again. Yeah, I I was all aboard the Abbott train. Wilcox Tech, though, I believe beat them. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah. I don't know if they beat them twice. Uh, no, they only played once. No, they played once. They only played they once. Abbott Tech, and they finished with vinyl. But I am going to go with Abbott Tech as well. Like you said, they've been there a lot. They, they're the defending champions. Uh, I'm going to go with them until I improve and otherwise. Go to the ECC. Scott, who do you got? Uh, East Lyme. Nobody has been close to East Lyme in the ECC. Uh, they haven't played many close games at all out there. They're rolling. Uh, shocking if they don't win the ECC. Oh, you're really going to go against our guest this week? I mean, granted, he's not <laughs> on yet. And so... Um, but you know what? We're gonna have co- we have St. Bernard coach Grant Livingston on the show today, so I'm gonna pick St. Bernard's. Okay. When, when he listens back to this, he's like, "Oh, you know, I had such a great job with them." Pete is my favorite. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go over to the FCAC. Scott, who do you have in the FCAC? I mean, just so so hard. Um, Staples, War, Trumbull, also good. Um, look, I vote Staples number one team in the state, so I'm gonna pick Staples. And that's it. And their pitching, I, so, their pitching is phenomenal. So last night I was watching the game changer of the Ward Trumbull game because I had my ballot set with Ward winning and I was going to make some moves and then Ward blew it and Trumbull won an eight, three to two or four to three. Yeah, three to two. Um, that said, a fully healthy Ward team, Staples, you know, Trumbull's in there. Oh, it's tough. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Staples. I just think their pitching is so dominant. Nine shutouts this year, like you said. Like, you know, just get some timely hitting records. All right, over to the N Triple C. Um, got our boys from Coventry, Rockville, Ellington. Got some good teams up there in the state. Scott, who do you got? I really like Ellington. I think they've somehow, you know, they only have two losses, but sort of flown under the radar here um have not lost in league their two losses were to ccc schools so i'm gonna take ellington uh you know I, I do like coventry very much but i'll take ellington yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree with you i'm gonna go coventry i okay. uh big fan big fan of the patriots i believe which yeah. we learned that one time when they uh, this first time they got to the finals all yeah. right over to the nvl woodland st paul naugatuck holy cross wolkett oxford torrington was on like a 10 game win streak at one point uh, and then Seymour's there, twelve and seven. It's tight there in the middle of the NVL. Who do you got, Scott? I think Noggy or Holy Cross could could upset the apple cart here, but I, I think Woodland and St. Paul have been the two best schools there all season. Um, Woodland, I think, has the best pitcher and Michael Belcher. So if he's going, I love Woodland. Um, St. Paul absolutely could win it, but I'm going to pick Woodland to to win the NVL. Yeah, I think. This is not the St. Paul team from the last two years. They have a couple of guys who are left over. 
uh, that we're big fans of, but Belcher's still there. Uh, and I think Steve Boehner does such a great job there. So I'm going to go with Woodland as well. Then we go to the SEC. A uh, lot of talent here. Uh, Scott, who do you got? Let's wrap up quick. Until someone beats them, Fairfield Prep. Ah, that was a funny <laughs> answer. Um, but no, I'm not gonna go. At, I'm not gonna go Fairfield Prep this time around. I'm gonna go Notre Dame West Haven. Okay, I think they're super talented, uh, and I think they just need to put it together at the right time. But Prep would probably be a good pick if you're into that, you know, gambling thing. All right, go to the shoreline. Shoreline tight at the top. Scott, who do you got? Uh, old Lime's been fantastic. I think Valley's playing really, really well. Old Saybrook has a chance, but I like HK. I think they've been the most consistent team all year. They had a you know a little swoon there at the end of the season, but I think they're going to come back, and I think HK is going to win that tournament. I'm going to go with Old Lime. I'm sorry. Correct. Sorry, Old Lime. I'm going to go with HK. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to go with my boy Mark Brooks. <laughs> HK has been great all year. He's one of he's a you know he's an all time great coach. Um, and uh, I think they're going to win the shoreline. All right, SWC to wrap it up. Kind of a little bit of a weird year in the SWC this year. A lot of teams that we thought were going to be better have not been, but uh, still some good teams there. And teams that we thought were going to take a step back are right there at the top. Who do you got, Scott? I'm going to go Barlow. I'm, I think, you know, a year after not winning it with Matt Scott, I think they're going to come out and win it this year. They got really good pitching, and I think Barlow's going to win it. Uh, I think Brookfield's excellent team, but I think Barlow's going to take it. Yeah, see, I'm going to go with Brookfield. So I got a text message last night from someone from Brookfield. They got a kid by the name of Tanner Wall. Yeah, great. You know, with a .6 ERA, he's allowed one earned run this year. Uh, I'm sorry, he has a .15 ERA in 46 innings, 64 strikeouts. And on Monday, he went eight innings, gave up no runs. Uh, they won in the ninth because he had the game-winning, uh, game-winning RBI double in the top of the ninth. So I'm going to go with Brookfield. Uh, they were, I was huge fans of them last year. Uh, Silva was on all state for us. We loved Brookfield last year. So I think they're going to win the SWC and C R A L. If you do have a conference tournament, please send us the bracket and yell at us for getting it wrong. Awesome. And we're going to have a full you know, conference tournament preview capsule thing coming out on Thursday ahead of all these games. We'll take a look for that on game time CT uh, for now. We are going to get into our interview with St. Bernard coach Grant Livingston. We're really excited about this one, our first ECC coach of the season. Uh, so without further ado, here's Coach Livingston. We are joined now by St. Bernard coach Grant Livingston. Grant, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. You say St. Bernard or St. Bernard? I, it, it goes both ways. I know I heard you guys <laughs> talking last week. I, I don't know what it's the dog, St. Bernard, right? St. Bernard, yeah. I don't know. Well, you went there. You went there. You got to be our guy. I know. I know. Either way, I think I say it both ways sometimes. Well, that's the thing. We we were doing the basketball team this year, and they're all telling me it's St. Bernard, St. Bernard. Then one of the kids in the team says St. Bernard, and I was like, "What? Yeah, I know. (laughs) We'll we'll say that either either is acceptable, right? Yeah, yeah. Either one. We know (laughs) what you're talking about. Well, coach, you uh, you know, like I just mentioned, you know, you played you played there um back in i think you graduated 07 right you helped them win a state title um congrats on that yeah um but you know now you're back leading the program um how important was it for you you know you played there you played in college you were the legion coach in that area for uh for a while when the job kind of opened up how important was it for you you know to kind of go back and and lead the program that helped you you know become the baseball player that you were 
Yeah, it was, I mean, it's something that I've always wanted to do. And it's ironic because I, I made the decision to stop coaching Legion. Um, my wife got pregnant with our, our first kid, uh, a daughter who's now three. Um, so I kind of made the decision not to coach anymore and then got a call that that job was open. And I remember I actually, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't a call. It was in person. My wife was standing next to me and, and, you know, the guy told me and I just kind of looked over my shoulder and, you know, she's giving me that look. It's like, Oh God. Um, but it was, you know, it's definitely, it was definitely something I wanted to get back to. I wanted to get back up there and kind of, you know, get that, uh, you know, get the program back on that. Like we were on a really good winning track. Those, you know, four or five years there, the talent that was coming through, um, you know, either winning a state championship, going to a state championship, the ECC finals, um, all that stuff. So it was, it, it just kind of it fell off for a little bit and then kind of teetered, came back and forth a little bit. Um, but it's definitely, it was something that I, I, I definitely have my eye on, definitely have my eye and obviously, you know, took the job. Um, but it's super important and just like, you know, valuable in terms of just like, you know, having played and knowing, you know, some of the players that date back well before me, um, and some of the great baseball names that have played at St. Bernard's, um, you know, just doing the program right. But yeah, very, very important. And I'm, I'm super happy that I, I did end up taking it. What was the biggest thing for you guys to get from when you took over to where you are now, where you're you know, near the top of the ETC standings near the top of the state rankings? Um, mentality, probably the biggest thing, right? I mean, they're, they're high school kids, you know, it's not, uh, not a college program, you know, it's not a, you know, you're not dealing with kids that have signed and, you know, you're playing, you know, low pro ball or anything like that. It's all mentality when they step in the box, when they're throwing a pitch, it, you know, there's all they're thinking about, you know, the five different hitting coaches they're working with and the three different pitching coaches and all the other stuff, you know, it's, it's calming that mind and, um, you know, walking that fine line between like confidence and cocky a little bit. Um, but, you know, being able to trust, you know, that you're a good baseball player and, you know, we're a good baseball program and, and our, you know, our products on display at all times, it's that mentality and just getting them to buy in and, and sink into that. So that's just, you know, when times get hard in a game, you know, they can kind of revert back to that. Now, who were, uh, who, who were some kids who have really, uh, you know, jumped out for you guys, you know, stood out, helped you guys get to, you know, where you guys are right now. Yeah. I mean, early on in the season, we had a, freshman come in Desmond Powers um, pitcher um, six three um, right-hander throws heavy fastball curveball for a strike change up for a strike um, and he won some games early on he, he tweaked his elbow a little bit um, we're waiting to see if we get him back for the end of the season but he helped us win some games early on that we were not expecting we're not expecting to have his arm um, and then outside of that we have uh, I have seven seniors on the team five of which are starters um, Joe Basso is a luxury to have behind the plate. Um, he's hitting close to 500 right now for us. Um, and he's just, uh, you know, he's just an anchor in the lineup. Um, and you know, so a bat that guys are kind of afraid to throw to right now, or at least they were in the beginning. We got a, another senior, um, transfer in from Ledger, Zion Frazier, um, who's going to Stony Brook. Um, so he's kind of come in seamlessly in that four spot and giving Joe some cover. Um, and then our couple other seniors, the uh, first baseman, Ethan Chavez, who also pitches, he's got a bunch of wins for us. Um, and junior Martin Light was a guy who he's our center fielder. And we kind of had the conversation at the beginning of the year, like, you know, I'm going to need you to maybe eat some innings here and there, you know, not really starting games, but just kind of, you know, using you when we need you. Um, I think he's three and zero right now, and he threw a perfect game yesterday against Old Sabre, um, which is you know he's it, that wild that that happened with with him. It's the first one I've been a part of, um, so it was a 
you know, he's definitely stepped up, but guys in different areas, different roles, some younger guys have come up DH, you know, we didn't have the design had to sit those 10 games. We had to play with those, uh, you know, those fielding spots and DH spots and um, guys have just kind of stepped up and done, done what they need, needed to do. Pitching's been phenomenal. I think you guys have only given up four runs once. I mean, that is remarkable in high school baseball. Is it just been the depth that that's really helped there in, in that regard? Yeah, I think it's it, it's definitely the depth and and you know they're throwing strikes. That's the biggest thing, especially with the pitch count. You know, when you knock an arm out, you know everyone's got one or two arms, but when you knock one out, you know, and especially with the twenty game season and you're trying to plan out your games and who's throwing when, and you got the pitch count, he's got to sit this many days and. You know, you knock an arm out, it's it's a, you know, that can be the deciding factor in a game. And they've kept their pitch count low. They've thrown strikes, um, you know, their their bullpen side work, all the stuff leading up to keep them, keep themselves healthy has been there. Um, and our fielding, honestly, has been a big, uh, you know, a, a big plus. Um, even yesterday in that perfect game, Martin only struck out nine. We had 12 putouts in the field. So we've been playing solid defensive defensively, and that's been a, uh, you know, it's gotten us out of some jams with runners on and, you know, we work really hard at, uh, you know, our defensive work and it's, it's kind of a cliche, but all around team effort from the pitching side, but they do what they need to do when they step on that mound. You guys, I think you, I mean, you jumped out nine or 10 wins in a row, but how big was that Waterford win there to kind of say we're here too? Like, cause Waterford is kind of that team in the, in the ECC, isn't it? Like, yeah, they're, they're the measuring yeah. stick. Yeah, kind of. That was, that was a big win. That was definitely a big win. They had to come up to the hill, um, so that was nice. I don't think they had come up there. At least I don't think I remember playing them when I was a senior in 2007. We beat them up there. It was we were both ranked, I think, in the top ten of the state. That was a battle up there, um, and we battled again. It was a three-one. They had us one nothing into like the fourth or fifth, I think. Um, and Basso came up with a big hit. Uh, O'Leary came up with a big hit. Our shortstop. Um, so you know, we that was definitely. I think that definitely put us that opened some eyes, got some people to, you know, take a look because we don't play, you know, the, the top teams in the conference. We don't play, you know, our, our out of conference schedule this year isn't exactly the strongest. Um, so it's, you know, it's tough to get some looks in that sense, but it's good to, you know, we do have those one or two games with those teams that people know and, you know, to, to knock them off, it definitely opens some eyes. You know, coach, you, um, you have a quite, you have quite an interesting job off the baseball field. Uh, and please tell me if I'm saying this correct, but you're the director of content for the Connecticut Sun. I was, I actually, I just, I just switched. I'm now the director of social content for Anthem sports. Oh, rocking the, their sweatshirt right now. Oh, very nice. Nice. Ed. <laughs> all the, all the coaches and ADs out there. If you need any, any of the, the baseball equipment, all that, you know, give Anthem sports a call. Oh, well, Okay, but you were with the Sun, right? Yes. And, yep. and they're, uh, you know, in video content and stuff like that. Um, how did that all kind of not come together, but you went to college to play baseball and now, then you were working for professional teams in, in a time where all of that stuff is so important now, right? Video content, social platforms, all that kind of stuff. How did that all come together for you? I mean, in terms of like just the niche in sports, I mean, just my background and, you know, my, I have two younger brothers, Chase played at uh, East Lime, Jack played at East Lime, Chase then went to play at URI and got drafted by the Royals um, and Jack played at CCRI. So we're a big baseball sports family. So sports just kind of makes sense, um, I guess. And, you know, the video side and, and marketing side was something I got into, uh, you know, obviously in college and it just kind of 
played out that way. Just kind of drawn to what I liked and, you know, was, you know, you get put a little bit more effort into the things that you like and, and you're good at. So it was kind of, kind of a seamless fit. I was lucky to get a job, um, a couple of the jobs um, that started off my career that kind of led me off that way. But, you know, to, to work in pro sports was, um, you know, it was a great experience. Um, a lot of hours, long, uh, long days and nights, but it was a great, you know, great experience. Yeah. So like, you want to go through like our social platforms, maybe give me some tips. <laughs> give you a, yeah. Yeah. We'll offline about it. I'll give you a, yeah. I'll give you a grade. Yeah. Well, that had to be fun though. I'm sure you met like a lot of people in the industry through sports. I, I mean, I interned with the sound tigers. Well, when they were the sound tigers when I was in college and, uh, you know, I got to meet like Mark Messier, uh, Peter Shirelli. Um, it was very cool. I mean, you, yeah. you kind of have to put the fanboy away, but yeah. uh, it was really cool to just get to like kind of, you know, rub shoulders with the, with those kind of, you know, people that you've seen on TV and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm not too like, I'm not like good with faces and names. So I'm always like, I was, I was in Chicago one year for the playoffs and I was standing there uh, talking to, um, I was just having a conversation with a guy and walked away and it ended up being a uh, chance to rapper. I had no idea. He was just at the game. I was just standing there <laughs> talking to him. And someone, someone I worked with was like, you know who that was, right? I'm like, I, I, nope, no idea. I, I, I don't really, I don't get too much. So it's, yeah, I know. It's an opportunity. I, uh, I did that once with Christy Brinkley at an Islander game. I was just, you know, I feel like you they know? appreciate that more. I feel like they, I, they like, like they appreciate that a little bit more than someone who's. Yeah. Her son was on the Zamboni before the game. And I was just, she like asked if she could stand next to me. Cause her son was on the Zamboni and I was like, whatever. And we're like talking, going back and forth. My phone is buzzing in my pocket and I'm like, I'm not going to be rude. I'm going to, you know, have this conversation with this person. And then she left. She said, thank you for letting her stand there. Whatever. She went in the tunnel, got her son and walked away. And it was my dad. And he's like, do you know who you're talking to? Do you know who that is? I'm still on a purification. Billy Joel's wife. Oh, man. <laughs> that stuff is really important, though. That that stuff is important to young athletes now. I mean, do you see that with, with the as you got back into high school, that the kids are a lot more aware of all that stuff and a lot oh, more yeah. aware of social media and everything? Yeah, especially. I mean, it's with the NIL deals and all that, like you're if you have a, a platform, you know, a voice that people are listening to, it almost makes you a little bit more. Sometimes you know, the argument can be made, could be made on both sides of this, it makes you more valuable, makes you less valuable. Um, but, you know, in terms of in terms of like the athlete and being valued from a financial standpoint going into college, if you can play, you know, it adds value. Um, I, I think personally, I think it's a good thing because it, it keeps the kids in check. You know, you can't, you know, you do something that's, you know, not so good. Everyone's going to see about it, hear about it, you know, the whole thing. And that's going to affect if you want to play sports in college, it's going to affect, you know, your, your path. So it's, I mean, there's, it, the argument can be, can be made on both sides. Personally, I think it's a good thing. Um, but, you know, it makes them a little bit more in check. Um, definitely, you know, some, some things I'm sure, you know, everyone looks back on that they've done in high school. They're like, yeah, it probably wasn't a good decision. Some of these kids <laughs> now just aren't even putting themselves in those positions because they know it could, you know, how it could affect them in the future. And how do you balance the kind of, I mean, the social media stuff is sort of a look at me and then you have a team aspect that you have to focus on. Do you ever have to talk to kids and, you know, you don't have to be specific, but about balancing that? 
in terms of social media, no, but you know, it's the st- like stat stuff is a great example of that, right? Yeah. yeah, everyone's got their own personal stat line, and then you you scroll down a little bit and you see the team stat line. Um, and you know, I, we talk about this a lot, but you know, the, really the only important team stat line is that win and loss column. And however the numbers shake out up top to get there, it doesn't matter. We just want to keep adding numbers to that win column. Um, and that's again back to that like mentality standpoint. You know, you got if if kids aren't on that aren't on that train with you, you know, it's just, you, you got nine guys playing for themselves out there. It's not going to work. You might win some games, you might win a lot of games, but when it gets to those tough times and those important games, you know, it's just, it's, it's not usually going to get it done. Uh, we talked earlier about how the whole S uh, the whole ECC tournament is going to be a Dodd stadium. How cool is that for the kids to get to go play all the games there? Yeah, that's great. That's how it used to be. So I, I guess they're, they're bringing it back there. It's, it, that's just a, it's a place those kids, like, especially everyone from this side of the state loves playing. Um, you know, everyone, I'm sure you guys, you know, went to some, uh, what were they, um, when they were the Yankees yeah, Tigers. Team. Oh, the Norwich the Navigators. Navigators, the Navigators. That's right. Yeah. And the Tigers. Yep. So, that, I mean, there's, I remember seeing like Roger Clemens throw there, I think, you know, coming back and, uh, you know, a couple of Yankees guys playing there. That place has got some great history. Um, and it's a cool, it's just cool to play in a stadium and a bigger atmosphere and it's, you know, tournament games and, you get that feel to the end of the year, you know, the baseball, yeah, that regular season's wrapping up and you're playing those important games. You're going right into States after that. It's just like, you know, you can't beat that kind of environment. Yeah. Scott and I both bought a uh, Norwich sea unicorn hats. Nice. Um, I got a shirt. I got a shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I got a hat. I got, I got a Connecticut Tigers hat though. I still have my Connecticut Tigers but hat. But then the, then the sea unicorns were not a minor league team anymore. So I have a new <laughs> year. Norwich sea well, there's CCBL. <laughs> There's still a CCBL team. I went out and saw them last year. There's really still really good base college baseball that's being played out there. Yeah, yeah. Kid I used to coach down in Niantic, Matt Malcolm, I think was there, was catching down there last summer. Yeah. All right, coach. Pete's got a draft for us. Yeah, right. I saw that. You ready? Yes. We're doing yes. uh we're doing superstitions in the game of baseball. Baseball might be the most superstitious sport out there. Um I, we've all played it, so we all have kind of our own weird superstitions. Uh, Coach, as the guest, you get the first overall pick. I will go second. It's a snake, so Scott goes third, fourth. I go fifth. Coach, you go sixth, seventh. Then me, then Scott. Three rounds, three superstitions. Coach, you are on the clock. All right. So, first of all, I think you guys need, like, the, the NFL music behind this. Just a little <laughs> bit more production value. You got to put the <laughs> clock on. Yes, you need that. Yeah. <laughs> We did that in our uh, fantasy baseball that we did with the high school kids a couple years ago. Pete had nice. the music going and everything. Oh yeah, need it. You got to see. The, this is why we need you for content. On, we need man. you for content. You got to up that production our value. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I feel like it could go either way. It was perfect. You sent this email after the game yesterday, so Martin threw a perfect game yesterday. So it's going to be my first one. Is not talking about the no hitter or perfect game. Um, which I had, I actually thought we were in the sixth inning in the seventh, um, one out, the first out in the seventh. And I look at my assistant, I'm like, it's the sixth, right? He's like, no, it's, it's the seventh. <laughs> I had, I had no idea. And I, I actually asked that our home plate umpire, Kevin Moreland after the game, I said, did you know that he was throwing a perfect game? He goes, I didn't spit my piece of gum out all game. I had two fresh pieces of gum. I didn't change my pieces of gum. I did the same, you know, half inning routine behind the plate, did the whole thing. <laughs> so it like it trickles over, man. That no talking about a perfect game, no hitter. That's definitely a real one. All right, that's a, definitely a good one. Uh, I'm gonna go 
And this was me because I didn't get many at bats. So when I did I made and I made the most of them, I kept everything the same. So if I played and I got a hit, I wore the same thing the next day. I didn't watch anything. Uh, it's gross, but it was, I didn't really get many at bats. So uh, don't watch anything if you're playing well would be my pick. Like anything at all? Nope, nothing. Stay dirty. The hits stay in the uniform stay and the in, under okay. uniform. All right, Scott. <laughs> uh, my number one, and I even do this as a reporter for some reason, but it's just always stuck on my head. Don't step on the don't step on the lines when you're going in, on and off the field. You jump over the white line. You never yep. step on the line. Yep, yep. That's, that's, that's my one. number one. I I think I pay attention to that more at the beginning of a game because like then the line looks gross before the game. If I'm like on the field talking to the coach before at the end of the game, eh, I don't know. I don't know. It's always just stuck in my head. Even when I go to interview a coach after the game, I'm like, step over that line. <laughs> step on the line. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, my other one is, I don't even know if this is a thing, uh, but I always, I would never put my, let my hat go. If it fell off me fine, but I would never let my hat go on the floor of the dugout. I always wanted to have it up. And if I felt like it hit the floor, I was like, Oh man, I'm dead. Like <laughs> never gonna get a hit again. So I always wanted to maintain my hat off the floor of the of the dugout. I don't know if that's a real thing, but it was a thing for me. It's yours. Um, it's mine. Yeah. Yeah. For my for my second pick, I was a catcher my entire life. I always put left shin guard, right shin guard, then chest protector, then helmet, but left, right shin guard uh, first. It's a good one. All right. So what do I got? I got two in a row here. Got two in a row. All right, some of mine have gone off the list here. Um, <laughs> so one, this was one I I, I picked up in college, but uh, we just like when we were winning, we were up. Everyone just yelled spots at the you know when it when the first pitch was thrown. And you had to be sitting in your same spot or at your same spot on the bench, bucket, chair, whatever it was. Like that first pitch came out, someone yelled spots, you were at your spot. And then if you're losing, it's like change it up. You know, you got to move <laughs> different bucket, different chair, wherever you're going. But spots is a big one. Yeah. That's a good um, one. And then uh, I got one is definitely uh, it's more of like a one I've picked up as like a as from like a coaching perspective. But um, it's it's like a pra like practice. It's, it's this practice thing I do. It's a 21 ounce. Um, I do it every year. We do it twice a week. Um regardless but uh it's something i picked up from jimmy v he used to practice cutting down the nets um he'd have a practice he'd bring a ladder in and those guys would go up and cut down the net so when we do our 21 outs when we hit the seventh inning they come in we have a one-run lead they break it down go out we play the music and when they make that that third out if they hold that you know hold the the one-run lead they all you know run on and dog pile and and you know and we we won that twenty one outs like we won the won the state championship. So we practice practice what we want to do. That's one the superstition in my own head. But that was uh, that'd be my uh, what seventh seventh number seven. I uh, I've I've heard that a lot more in recent years. I know the Mets practiced that I believe in spring training last year. Buck yep. Showalter did it. I think a hockey team did it. Um, I think UConn men had something along those lines of like, I love that. And, you know, some people on social media, especially like, po like they poked fun at the Mets, you know, cause they're the Mets, but like, I don't know. It's important. Like coaches talk about learning how to win. Right. 
and to, you know, you could either win and you could practice that. And I think that's super important as well. I like yeah. that pick. It's fun seeing how they got, like you do it the first day and they're all like kind of, you know, just throwing the glove up a little bit and doing like a little pile and you get like three weeks in and they're just like slamming on each other. Gloves are <laughs> flying up. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see that buy-in as the season goes on. Yeah, no, that's awesome. All right. My last one. Oh man. I, uh, this is just a me personal thing. Cause guys I play softball with dude and it drives me crazy. Don't pick up the ball. If you're not the pitcher, stay away from the goddamn ball on the mountain. That is not your ball. Okay. I hate they go, they pick it up. They throw it around a little bit, flip it to the pitcher. No, no, no. You don't touch the ball. Just the pitcher. So that's, that's just more of a me thing, but only the pitcher touches the ball coming out of an inning. All right. My last one, uh, there was a couple, uh, but this goes back to like the, the old Wade Boggs days with the Red Sox. He ate chicken before every meal. So whatever your meal is, if you, if you were successful that day, you got to eat that again before the next game. And I do it with my son now. So like we're rolling to a game, he pops like two hard boiled eggs, goes two for three. I'm like, you got to eat the hard boiled eggs for the next <laughs> game, dude. And he's fully into that. Like same thing. Do they eat the exact same meal before that game again and see if it works? How so, old yeah, is your son? 11. Oh man. So I'm That's making amazing. him crazy already with these oh, superstitions. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting and by the way, all of it. these things that we said are completely insane. <laughs> yes. Yes. But in, insane to most, normal to <laughs> normal to few. baseball people. Like yeah. someone's like the, the line thing, all, everything we all said made sense to me. But <laughs> outside of baseball, it's crazy. But I do love that stuff. Um, listen, yeah. coach, that was awesome. We really appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Uh, we hope we get to see you and your team in person uh, at some point during the state tournament. Um, and good luck the rest of the year. You guys are having an awesome season. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys having having me on. We really appreciate what you guys do. I know I listen to you every week, and it's just awesome to have this kind of coverage for high school baseball. It's awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Coach. We really do appreciate it. Thank you to St. Bernard's Coach Grant Livingston for joining the show. Great interview. Great draft. Uh, really appreciate his time. Uh, you know, St. Bernard's got a really good shot at an ECC title, and they're in a wide open class as tournament. So we've got conference tournaments starting up this weekend. I believe the NBL, the FC Actor Saturday, they will run into next weekend. Then we'll get our state rankings, and the state tournament will begin. Um, so for Scott, I'm Pete Paguaga. We'll see you all next week on High and Tight. Love you all.